No, they didn't get Mean Joe Green. No, they might not even have gotten Brett Kiesel. But they did make a move to begin replenishing what's always been, in a way, the franchise's main positional room. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into baseball and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Pirates and Penguins that I hope you'll check out as well. DeMelvin Leal was the Steelers' third-round pick in the draft over the weekend out of Texas A&M. And he was sandwiched between two wide receivers who seemed to have stolen, I guess you could call it a secondary spotlight, meaning whatever it was that Kenny Pickett didn't already take up for himself. And I'm not so sure that should be the case because Leal's addition might have been the one that was the most needed from the standpoint of reinvigorating a specific group on the team. Yes. Quarterback, priority number one, been over it, and now they've done that multiple times over. Wide receiver, greatest need on the 2022 roster, addressed that twice over. But right up in that same class, and those of you who've been listening to this show for a few weeks now will know that I've been pushing this almost as hard as quarterback and wide receiver, was that this defensive line needed to begin dragging its average age down somewhat. And if that wasn't going to be a first-rounder, a Jordan Davis, or someone like that, then it was still going to have to come up high. I can't state this strongly enough. I love this pick. I love the footage I've seen of Leal. I've loved everything that I've read. And I believe that regardless of Stefan Tuitt's status, He's going to make an impact in 2022. Why? I don't even know where to start. He's versatile. He can bounce inside and outside. He's capable of run stopping and even more so of getting to the quarterback, which gives him at least the outlook or the longer term outlook of being a three down guy. And also, if you look at him from the standpoint of the Steelers current group, Again, leaving Steph out of this, you would probably have a trio of Cam Hayward, Tyson Alualu, and Montrevious Adams, maybe in some form, or Alualu if you want him to stay in the middle. Then you're going to have Chris Wormley playing uh, on one of those ends. But then, you know, I, I also can add here that Steph is going to play. I really believe this. You're you're going to see to it return to the Steelers in 2022. And this came up yet again over the weekend with Mike Tomlin after the draft was completed. And he didn't give much of an answer, but he also made it sound like, don't worry about it. You know, as such, there are a lot of guys in this mix without me even bringing up Isaiah Loudermilk, who showed himself to be a pretty dynamic run stopper at times. And if he can kind of stretch his own credentials a little bit, he can be on the field a little bit more. But the bigger point is this, everyone I just mentioned, every single guy, including the older guys, and especially Cam, they need a spell. They need a rotation. And you're going to see this young man on the field. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. How many different defensive linemen did this team go through? How many? I'm talking about all your various Carlos Davises and and so forth. And, you know, it was excruciating at times to watch and, and never more so than up in Minneapolis. I could imagine how the management, how Kevin Colbert and everybody reacted to that game in Minneapolis, but I didn't have to imagine what it was like to be Mike Tomlin and the defensive people because I saw them downstairs coming off the field. And they had been, pardon my language here, but they had been emasculated on that field by Dalvin Cook and by the Vikings. When you're giving up 30, 40 yards a run and nobody's touching that guy until he gets to the safeties, and that's happening all night long. There is no uglier, lesser, smaller feeling for a football team at any level of this great game than when that occurs. That scars you. And when you have a proud individual, in particular, like Cam, who's out there, subjected to being part of that, even though Cam was hardly the problem since Minnesota figured out pretty early on all you got to do is block this one guy so they'd send two or three bodies his way, then it's so much worse. This had to be addressed, and it had to be addressed pretty much where it was. Here's Colbert over the weekend on Leal. DeMarvin Leal, this is a talented inside, outside. He's moved all along the, the defensive line of scrimmage. We think he can play a number of positions, both in the base defense and the sub packages. Uh, quality interior rusher who also rushed from the outside last year, and he's certainly a run defender as well. Again, there's no need to excessively pump this kid up. He's going to have his time to get acclimated. He's going to have time to make sure that his run stopping is right up to the same level as his pass rushing is. But he's also going to have his time if the Steelers chose wisely. And if that happens, then you're going to see a really nice lineage, a beautiful lineage, really, if you go back to Mr. Green in 1969 continued for the foreseeable future. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG 
have been designated super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. So is it possible to have a tie when it comes to the J1Q? If so, we've got one today and it's our very first because I got these two entries minutes apart and they were on the same subject. So I felt guilty about having to pick one or the other. So I'm instead of going to read them both, this one comes from Kathy Dunn, and she asks, do you think the Steelers have Najee Harris's backup on the roster yet? And the one that came just, I'm looking at here the timestamp, two minutes later came from Matthias Cabell, and he asks, with the workload that Najee took last year and the underwhelming development of Benny Snell, along with virtually no production from Anthony McFarland, how much of a priority is it that the Steelers add an RB2. Did we miss out on a key addition in the draft? Well, yeah, of course they missed out. There were running backs taken, and there were unquestionably running backs taken who are better than either Snell or McFarland. It was noteworthy, I thought, that in our session last week with Tomlin, when the subject of the backup running backs arose, that he had some modest praise for Benny, who I think he really kind of likes because Benny's got that bulldog mentality and Tomlin really values that. Now, the fact that Benny can't hit a hole to save his life and can't recognize a second level, even when it's presented to him on a platter, is a different matter. But Tomlin loves anyone who loves football, and Benny does. McFarland, he's not sure about because McFarland, as Tomlin caustically went out of his way to point out, wasn't available. He used the term availability in attaching it to McFarland's name. That is not where you want to be in the head coach's brain. So did they miss guys? Yes, absolutely. They didn't take one. Do I have a problem with their first four picks, meaning from the positional perspective? No way for reasons that I outlined in the opening segment. If they had taken a running back in their first four picks, and remember, they didn't have one at all in the fifth round, that would have been just, wow, dereliction of duty, okay? I mean, the year after you take Najee in the first round. No way. No way. So what do you do then? You take somebody in the sixth round? You take somebody in the seventh? I mean, that'd be at least two rounds lower than either of the guys we just mentioned, and both of whom were fairly recent picks themselves. So what kind of pedigree would we be talking about at that position? Just go out and get one. Go out and find one. It's easy for me to say because I'm not sitting here rifling through Omar Khan's wallet to see what he's got left. Nor do I know what kind of additional obligations he's going to take on over the course of this summer not least of which is Minka Fitzpatrick's mega contract that's expected to be put together probably sometime in August. But I do know this, where money stacks up, and that's that Tomlin was on the phone with Tyran Matthew as recently as, what, two, three weeks ago when Matthew was tweeting about that? Well, Tomlin wasn't doing that if the Steelers were out of cash, and the safety that they ended up signing meaning bringing Terrell Edmonds back, of course, 
didn't cost a fraction of what they would have had to pay for Matthew. So there is money. There is money. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean free agency. It can mean that you bring somebody over in a trade. It means you can have some dialogue about a running back that another team is carrying that maybe they don't really feel like they can afford. They could use some relief on their end. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You can do that. I'd be looking a lot more if you're trying to picture who this player is at someone in the D'Angelo Williams mold, you know, where they come in and they're a very clear 1B. And that wasn't going to be available to you in the sixth and seventh rounds of this draft. So I don't have any regrets about them not taking a running back here. I've really never even expected it to be a possibility. But I do very much expect for them to keep looking because, man, that was no endorsement from the head coach on either of these two guys. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening. The Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 